Habits Podcast. My name is Wyatt Christman. I'll be your host. We're looking at creative habits. Is it the aha moment or is it the habit? This week, Creative Habits Podcast, we have two painters from Rome, Anthony and Laura Lombardi. The painting doesn't have a lot of, uh, um, of demand, so uh, I have to make amends by selling, uh, by working in another way. <laughs> now, you've both been painting for some time, right? Yeah. We, 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 we met in uh, 1987, and uh, that was after I had finished my master's degree in New York, um, so I studied with uh, Philip Perlstein and Leonard Anderson at, at Brooklyn College in New York City. And I was working as a studio assistant to Philip Perlstein um, when I decided to take a trip to Italy, well, actually to Europe, and see the sites, see all of the beautiful paintings, sculptures, and architecture that I had studied in art history classes. Uh, so I did this idea of a grand tour uh, coming to Rome uh, on a standby flight. And uh, basically I stayed here because I just found everything so beautiful. And I met Laura about one year after I had been in Italy. Uh, in Rome. I had a job. Uh, I started painting. I had uh, some critical interest in my work and so I decided to stay and I met Laura through a mutual friend of ours, um, Marina Haas, who is a German painter. And uh, we, uh, <laughs> we were both painters, uh, you know, basically from almost childhood. Uh, she um, she was um, a um, graduate from the acad academy, the Roman Academy in uh, Rome, and she studied with a very, uh, well, uh, I'm not going to use the term famous, but a very well-known Roman painter um, named um, Alfredo Alberto, Alberto Ziveri. Ziveri, and he was uh, a part of a very important group called the uh, Scuola Romana, uh, the Roman school. And these were artists that were working in the 30s and 40s that um, uh, kind of uh, preceded the realism that uh, followed later in Italian cinema. You know, the um, Pasolini, uh, Rosalini, uh, Al Antonioni, these these uh, famous directors that were showing, you know, kind of the underside of uh, the real life in Rome, without you know, uh, without making it any sweeter than what it was. Uh, let me just mention another uh, Umberto, um, not Umberto. Um, di di Sica ah di Sica certo altro regista ma fai il pittore di Sica was uh, you know the um, the bicycle thief that was that that kind oh, of yes. film are you, are you familiar yes, with yes. any of these the, the bicycle thief yes the definitely. bicycle It, thief you know the, this kind of very very uh, you know stark realism that uh, uh, was present uh, in pre-war Uh, Rome and I would say pre-war Europe and all of and all of that and uh, so he was a very important uh, person for this movement this movement was not really well known or is not really well known internationally it kind of gets thrown in together with a lot of socialism uh, that was happening before the war, but it really isn't at all socialism. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, social realism is uh, is a kind of a propaganda, and these were artists that weren't using propaganda at all. 
Um, so she was uh, coming from the academy. She was, uh, you know, in her first years of working as an artist, she was showing publicly. And uh, I came to Rome and I started uh, organizing shows and uh, having critical uh, response. And we met and uh, we decided to get married. And uh, so two two painters in one family <laughs> yeah that does that ever um do you feed off of each other and uh in when you're painting and and getting ideas uh does that kind of you know you come up with something and then she uh feeds off of that or do you both have your separate style and 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 you know keep it uh, apart more or No, ma se, se questo vivere insieme è qualcosa che, che ci ha aiutato, ci aiuta. sì. Sì, sì, I would say that, uh, and she agrees that, that this helps us a lot because um, more than stylistically, um, it's, it's very helpful to be able to talk to somebody about your art. You know, if you're doing your art um, in a kind of an enclosed, world and maybe every once in a while you get a show in a gallery and so you get to show publicly what is happening um, even on those occasions you know you, people don't really um, talk sincerely uh, necessarily about what they see they uh, you know it could be a social event that uh, hides the real feelings of what people talk about and when you live with somebody you know and you actually see the work you see it developing because we both paint almost every day she she certainly does and has for a long time i've had breaks where i've had to work days i work very very hard and so i i don't have time to paint but you know we're we're constantly looking at each other the biggest room in our house is a studio so <laughs> that's where really the the most action happens and we're constantly aware of what every what everybody's doing, what we're both doing, and so I think that in a feedback way, you know, it's very very helpful. And fortunately, we've never had any kind of competition, so we've never had to really battle for any particular materialistic thing. I mean, we're just very different, yeah, in 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 that way. Um, She had a gallery uh, in Rome, uh, Galleria Giulia, and she sold her yeah. painting. On Via Giulia, and and she sold her paintings quite regularly. And this kind of, I don't know, semi-successful career in a in a uh, in a commercial gallery in Rome, and we both show, you know, from time to time internationally, and so. These are just moments that kind of like grow together because it all goes to the same means, which is the support of us as uh, artists and our family. And so more than a competition, there's uh, a kind of a camaraderie. Nice. And it's, it, it flows together. Do you ever uh, take uh, works of art and create them to, uh, together, like, um, you, you know, do a painting together? Yeah, we've done that before. We've done commissions together. Oh, nice. uh, we did a, a very large uh, commission, uh, realistic uh, kind of, not really Trump loyal, but something that was reminiscent of uh, a very famous piazza in Rome, uh, Piazza Venezia and uh, the Venice Square. And uh, we've done uh, some collaborations together, both theater and uh, Sometimes even shows. We've uh, had uh, group shows together. Nice. So, w what what have you been working on or uh, recently? Okay, I'll let her start. Okay, okay. Questa la prima domanda. Yes. What are you doing? Allora, io no, da tempo lavoro a piccoli quadri. She's doing small paintings. In cui sto elaborando la mia visione che è una visione come sfocata she's working on a blurry vision con attenzione sempre più verso la luce e il colore always aware of light and color 
e dopo molti anni di pittura olio sto iniziando un po' a dipingere gouache. She's uh, using a different medium. Uh, she's using gouache in these days. And, and, and the, the, the gouache is a different, um, if you could just describe a little bit uh, of what, what gouache is. I've, I'm familiar with it a little bit, but if you could just describe that, that'd be... It's also called tempera. It's, uh, okay. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a water-based medium, which is opaque, uh, which is in contrast with watercolor, which is transparent. Right. Okay. Usually done on paper. Okay, and so that medium uh, has that brought out a different part of her creative uh, moments? Has it allowed her to express in a different way than she has with, um, you know, some of her past works? Questo mi aiuta proprio per questo tipo di ricerca. It is helping her for this type of research that... Um, looking at the world like a blurry world through color and light and so it helps because of its uh, very it's very rapid it's a quick drying medium so you can work very quickly so you have to write so that sparks a whole different creative moment where it just goes on and that's that's where it is yeah. you don't yeah, you can't right. change it as much as as with other uh, types of medium Wow. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it's it's a little bit. I mean, you can make corrections, which is different than watercolor because watercolor and ink, you put it down and that's it. It's it absorbs the paper and that that's where it finishes. The work finishes there. While gouache, you can make layers. You can uh, keep working over the top of something. So there are co corrections that you can make. Uh, e anche la materia è più spessa. It's it's thicker. It's thicker. That's what that's why it's more like an oil because it has this material uh substance that you actually can kind of move around on the paper that uh watercolor doesn't do. It watercolor kind of just lies there and absorbs into the paper. Now do you with this um Do you find yourself um, uh, producing uh, a lot uh, to get uh, into your creative mode, or do you tend to take one piece and really just perfect it, uh, you know, completely? Uh, no, one after another. It's one after quick, another, yeah. As quick as a watercolor. That's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the, the, probably the... the The main reason in using a, a, a quick drying kind Qual of medium. Qualche volta puoi anche andare sopra e riprendere. Yeah, I mm. said that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. She, she just pointed out that you know it's 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 almost like a mastery of the stroke. You're just putting something down and then you live with it, but you can go over a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so um, does she find that uh, uh, doing that, does she get um, a lot of uh, paintings where it, she's very happy with, or, or is it she goes through many and then there's that one, the one that just, you know, really shines forth? Do um, you understand? No. No. C'è, in questo processo che fai molto, c'è qualcosa che esce fuori uno o ognuno c'ha un un suo motivo di essere, cioè nel senso che tu fai tanti lavori, cioè e, e, ognuno ha una sua autonomia. Sì, o sì, 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 poi ci sono uno... però delle serie anche. So she works in series, uh, going from, you know, figures to still life to um, maybe looking out the window, and so there's this, Process, this process that's working on one subject, and each one is important in, you know, going from step A to step B, you need to get that B to arrive at C, you can't just arrive at C, and then sort of retrospectively, when you look back at this, yes, there's always that one that, you know, sort of seems to embody 
what you were looking for or what she was looking for better than the others. But, you know, sometimes that's very subjective. Yes, I can imagine. But it, it but, but that process is, is part of it. So each one contributes to that last part. You, right. That's a, a interesting way to describe it, that uh, they all live with each other. And that last one, you got there because of the ones before it. Um, huh. What, what about for you, uh, Anthony, uh, what, what have you been working on recently? Okay. I just, I just finished, um, a, a set of watercolors and oils that I did in the country. Uh, we were, uh, on holiday and we went to the beach a couple of times and I was painting out in the countryside. And so I was, uh, uh doing, um, uh, en air, uh, painting with oils outside um, but I want to talk to you about uh, a group of paintings that I did before that, that that came from a series that I did with ink. I did with ink and uh, uh, on Chinese paper, Chinese rice paper. Uh, let me just say that uh, two years ago we were invited to go to China um, as a group of 100 artists that were sponsored uh, by the city of Hangzhou which is a small provincial city in China. It's only 9 million people, and probably very few people have ever heard of it, but it's a typical kind of provincial city um, in, um, in China. It's about 75 kilometers from Shanghai. And uh, we were invited there to paint uh, parts of the city, paint uh, inspirational pa places uh, in the city, and... When we were in China, we were able to see a lot of different things. Uh, one of the things that we saw were some of the contemporary artworks and some museums that can, uh, showed uh, ancient artwork. And I became interested in uh, the materials, the Chinese materials, the ink painting. And I, I, was, I was amazed that they were able to do this kind of incredible tradition. I mean, they were painting um, centuries, centuries uh, uh, before uh, the Western world started to actually come aware of painting. And they always used very, very limited materials. You know, these uh, water, uh, ink-based uh, material on rice paper. And so I started to deal with it. I started, I bought some materials when I was there, brought them back, and I started to do this series with ink, Chinese ink and rice paper that was called the Google series. And I'm also interested in uh, graphic novels, and I've done some graphic work. And so I started to put together some images um, from Google. I just took a phrase like, um, why don't we... Uh, why, don't we, why don't we think about this a little more? And I take that phrase and put it in, uh, in apostrophes in Google and see what kind of images came from the Google search. <laughs> and I would take like five or six of these images and I put them on a page and I arranged them on a page and wrote the line that... Uh, inspired those images. And I did this series that was called the Google Seal series. And I started working with a painting that uh, had different images, like you would see in a graphic novel. But instead of uh, having writing, having a story, I would introduce an element of um, color, a graphic element of color, something like a cross or something like a triangle, or maybe like an oval that was a little bit lopsided. And so you see these different kind of uh, places with this uh, placed on a page, composed on a page, and then this, this graphic image over the top of it that uh, sort of like tells you the story of what's going on. And uh, that was a series that, I've, that I'm working on still. I'm... I'm, I'm uh, uh, making larger paintings now, and I'm starting to do that. And it's it's very much the same process that she was describing before. It's, you know, I prepare 
five or six canvases and then I start working on one and then what I do in one leads me to the next one and leads me to the next one. And so this is the, the latest series of works that I've been doing. Um, they're called page paintings. Page paintings. And you've uh, been working on those. Now, when you um, put those out into the world, I, I, which I don't know if you have yet, but when you do, you'll put all of them out or will you put that final one that you find well i guess with your series yeah it's a more of a story so um but with with either of yours do you you put all the series out right not just the the final or anything right yeah yeah well you see this is this is something very interesting that you're bringing up because uh it it sort of gets really to the point of why we're, we're talking today with you because you know, the, an artist today has many, many ways of showing uh, his or her work. And in the past, it was, well, did you do a show? Do you have a gallery? Where do you show your paintings? And the, the sort of uh, fame that an artist had was, how many galleries in the world show your paintings? Because it was the only way that you could have your paintings exposed publicly. Nowadays, with all of the... Uh, the social media, the internet, and uh, you know things like what we're doing today. There are so many ways of showing, and so we're just interested in showing as much as we can to as many people as possible, and in many as many ways as possible too. Because you know the the means are just tremendous today uh, when you think about it. All of the uh, I was just putting some images on Pinterest and uh, uh, Facebook and uh, uh, places like Artstack and uh, even, you know, like um, virtual galleries like Saatchi uh, and uh, even eBay. I mean, why not? So you find your the, the gallery itself um, has now opened up to different mediums and expressed itself across the web in different ways. And so you are now taking advantage of that, quote unquote, gallery um, and and just, you know, f- seeing how people respond. Uh, you, you still do the traditional uh, uh, display, but y- you've embraced um, that those other mediums on the web and. And has uh, and uh, Laura has as well, right? And have have you uh, have your other artist friends? Have they also embraced that? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll speak for Laura a little bit. Um, one of the things that um, is is quite interesting is that even the gallery, even the traditional gallery space, has changed, Wyatt, because. What has happened is that there's a there's a been a, a, a tremendous break in what uh, what people what let's say uh, normal middle class people uh, perceive of the art world and what the art world really is and unfortunately what the world sees as artists is a kind of a investment world and you know it's become such a big business that the galleries have consolidated and they are now becoming and they have become incredible powerhouses of uh, very, very important financial investiture. And so artists in, those, in that world are very limited, but they're very, very rich. And so a lot of the smaller galleries and less important galleries that mm, – let's say 10 years ago or by no means uh, 15 years ago uh, used to show sort of emerging artists, emerging artists that were doing things that were different from the mainstream kind of commercial art, the investment art. And those galleries have closed or have become uh, kind of uh, rental spaces. So as an artist, you can go you can pay a fee to hang your works in that space invite people to see it and it becomes like a gallery but in reality what happens is is that there's no real gallery that is behind you so one of the things that Laura has been interested in and I've been following her 
is looking for alternative spaces, uh, spaces that can be uh, discovered as uh, um, places to see art, kind of surprising people in uh, showing them uh, where you can stop and contemplate a painting. Uh, we've done a show together in a medieval bell tower together uh, in Rome. We, we've looked for uh, alternative spaces, uh, places like uh, theater rehearsal rooms and uh, places that, you know, maybe you could do something there that month and then the next month they, that, that place may not even exist anymore. And, you know, we invite people and they come. I have to say that this, this idea uh, is something quite common in uh, most of the other big cities in Europe and certainly in New York if you go to Williamsburg, you can see a lot of alternative spaces. But uh, in Rome, it's not so common. Uh, the artists here are a little bit more traditional. And so it's not looked upon as a very, um, let's say, uh, authentic way of showing your work. Right. And do you also um, use your process as a means of, of showing your work as well? Meaning when you go out to paint, let's say you paint, as uh, I saw some pictures where you paint in a public space and, and that almost becomes part of the, the show. Uh, you get people interested that way. So you, you, you might paint at home, but you decide to go out because that, that process helps introduce people to your work. That's right. Yeah, I feel that way. Laura is quite opposed to that because she gets bothered by the people. Uh, um, she prefers a, a quiet place where nobody can talk to her or bother you. I, I look at it as kind of a, 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 an interaction, a, a way to interact. You know, uh, I should tell you that uh, just as an aside, it's interesting that the people that speak to you as um, a painter, an en plein air painter, the, the people that speak to me most are the, uh, children, you know, it's, it's always amazing to see how many kids come up and, and they're like looking at, you know, what you're doing as, wow, what is, what is this, is this like something like a street performance or how am I supposed to react to this? And, you know, the mother's often telling, well, he's painting and he's, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of strange. Yeah. So the kids have more curiosity, whereas, the, yeah, right. That, and, huh. So yeah. it, it, does the, the gallery aspect change or, or, or how, what you think of as a gallery or, or how you display your work, does that affect um, your motivation or what, what keeps you actively motivated to, to produce? And does, do the, uh, does what you describe interfere or does it complement or how, how do you both approach that in terms of motivation? Or? Okay. Um, okay, she, I'll let Laura Okay. Questo, questo della ispirazione. Quello delle cicatrici? No. No. Dimmi di che cosa Della motivazione. Quali sono le ispirazioni, motivazione che ti porta avanti? Ah. The motivation or the, the, the creative habits, what, what uh, mm -hmm. is behind that, that inspiration that you feel? Sì. Aspetta che io avevo scritto... Qui, il lavoro continuo. Ah, sì. Beh, sì. Questo lavorare continuamente, perché se mi fermo diventa... è sempre più difficile di riprendere. To, to work continually, that's the important thing, is to, is to every day, uh, you know, actually uh, get the brushes wet and, and work. That's, that's, a mo that's a highly motivating factor. Perché c'è una tensione che non permette rallentamenti. There's tension in the work that way. Uh, each day builds on another. And so what you did yesterday becomes the motivation for today. E, e poi anche l'insegnamento è un impulso. She's also teaching. She has a, uh, different groups that uh, come to the studio and uh, uh, so she's able to motivate herself through working with students, working with uh, uh, other people, teaching them how to paint. This is highly motivating too. 
Nice, nice. And and um, what, what about for you? Uh, for me, the the yeah, the main thing is 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 actually to work. I think that the you know after uh, <laughs> I've been painting seriously now for at least twenty to twenty five years. I think that the most important thing is that you know you finish something, and there's always something that is not quite right about it. And so rather than taking it up and trying to redo it, leaving it and, and approaching a new work with a new fresh idea, building on what you've done, working towards that perfection. Because I think that, you know, in the end that artists are generally in, interested in perfection, in beauty. And so the idea of perfection and beauty drives you to you know come as close as you as to it as you can and that's that's what motivates me hmm. yeah so uh, then with uh with lara uh with her creative habits she and and her motivation um it's her her students and also that that tension um which i, I love the way it was put i'll have to go back to, to listen to that but i love the way that's put uh and when when that happens like um do, do you make it a set time like uh, you know i i'm i'm going to paint from like 8 to, to to noon and then i i do a siesta and then and then come back to it or 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 do you rely upon more of you you see something and you you have to paint it does it is it that regularity or is it is it more that those moments that come out at you sì, è più come un momento. Io quando mi sveglio guardo la finestra oppure mi colpisce una certa luce nella stanza o certe linee. So when she wakes up, she looks out the window and often there's a, there's a certain light that we see in Rome that inspires her. Oppure le linee degli oggetti sul tavolo, quello che vede. Or she looks at a table and there's objects on the table, there's some kind of light or a line that she sees. Cioè, ci deve essere qualcosa nella realtà che mi cattura e mi fa... Something in reality that captures her and inspires her to pick up um, uh, a paintbrush and try to capture that moment. Um, she's, she's painted in every room in this house. Mm. Uh, the kitchen, in the, the bathroom, in anywhere that, that there could be a certain moment that there's light falling uh, somewhere, uh, just to quote Hopper, he, 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 Edward Hopper said that he, he spent the whole life, his whole life trying to capture the light on a wall. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what she's looking for. Does she go for for you know morning walks or drives to get that, or is it more within the space that she um, lives within and and draws from that? She 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 spends a lot of time at home, but then she walks around the city and 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 doing watercolors, uh, trying to get some kind of an idea of the the light. Uh, we both also work from photographs. We take photographs and, and try to remember the place. So, you know, that's another way of working. So we can work from, from any kind of reality. But the inspiration basically comes from the reality. Right. And is it visually oriented or do you, upon your trips, you bring the camera, of course, but do you rely upon auditory elements as well or... Um, you know, smells, or, or do you try to uh, bring back pieces like some rock or, or some things that, um, you know, the feel of the rock that would inspire that space and contribute to your, uh, you know, your painting? It's, it's all perception. It's, it's through the eyes. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would agree with her on that, too. It's, it's, it's basically a, a feeling. In fact, a lot of the other things are, that you were talking about can be distractions. You know? mm -hmm. she, she's much more distracted than by the noises, the people around, the things that uh, are happening. 
Um, I'm a little bit less distracted. I can concentrate on something and look at it. But I think that it's 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 basically optical. It's it's perception. Mm-hmm. And do you draw that perception then from um, so you, you you go out in the world and but do you, do you actively try to let's say mm, uh, I like break out of the uh, your normal niche your your normal domain of or area and and try to draw inspiration from let's say uh, I don't know taxi drivers or let's say you know some other people or, or um, uh, uh, places, niches in life that um, you wouldn't normally uh, encounter? Mm-hmm. C'è un'esperazione del luogo, un posto fuori del comune. Un, sì, uh, certo, qualche volta sì, anche quello. Yeah, it, it's not, there's not, a, there's not a singular idea of what, what your eye is following on, uh, what your eye is falling on. Um, let me try to answer it a little bit better uh, in my own uh, experience. I, I was totally taken aback from the light when I came to Rome, and painting in the center of Rome was, was my niche, let's say. And a lot of painters that come to Rome, that's what they're drawn to, because the buildings are painted with beautiful colors there's just this incredible light this warm light this mediterranean light that falls on the these beautiful pastel colors and there's a lot of green but in recent years i've been actually moving away from the center and going into the suburbs of the city um trying to find those same kind of colors those same kind of uh, beautiful tonalities that you can see with the light in places that most people would consider ugly. Um, hmm. So, yeah, that that is a an issue. It's an issue because, you know, it, it, it's, it's like even if you do a still life, you can pick up a few fruits and put them on a table and, you know, thousands and thousands of painters have painted uh, a, 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 an apple and an orange, a couple of pears, and but to take something and try to look at it and and see uh, without judging whether or not this is good or bad, just looking at it with your own eyes and saying, you know, there's something beautiful in this. It's really um, an, an amoralizing factor. Uh, what you see is what's important. And in the end, you know, everything that, that we see can be beautiful. That's because it's 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 tied to the light. The light is what cioè, per esempio, quando ero più giovane, all'inizio quando dipingevo ero ispirata da un'idea che mi veniva. Yeah, we both come from uh, backgrounds that academic backgrounds that tried to uh, impose ideas, you know, try to make your idea more important, put on the canvas what your ideas are. And slowly, we've both come to find that really what's, what's most challenging about painting, because we're both painters working with colors, what's most challenging is to try to capture the reality that's there. And, you know, this is a, a, a rather, uh, uh, how can I say, it's, it's, it's quite, quite an appalling idea, really. When I was in, in New York City as a master's student, I, I had a, a, a roommate that was a, a photographer. And I, I asked him, I said, you know, if you and I both go to the same place and we put one, one camera next to the other, you click yours and I click mine, I mean, really, what difference is there between your picture and my picture? And I had another teacher who was Leonard Anderson, and he challenged us with the idea that said, you know, do we really see the same reality as humans? I mean, is the color of red that I see in that apple on that table, is, is it the same for you as it is for me? I mean, photography, we know, does not capture real color. I mean, it just can't. It's ink on paper. 
And so it doesn't give the same. Painters can come closer, but when you actually sit in a class together, you're all painting the same object, the same color. You can go around the room and you can see each person has a different tonality to the same red. And so naturally the question is posed, do we all really see the same? Right, and it it becomes interpretation, and certainly the painting, as you've described, uh, you're able to interpret that more accurately, so to speak, from what you experience. And and photography, it seems, uh, you know, you you have a little bit more of a challenge. Angles, it's still you know, you've got the light and the angles, and it's it's bringing forth your subject in a way that like bringing the beauty to those quote-unquote ugly spaces, rather bringing out the character that you see there, the character that, um, that that you experience that others might just drive by and not experience, and you take a moment to pause it, and there it is. Uh, uh, that's, a beautiful, uh, that's a beautiful way to, to put it, definitely. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think, that I think you've, you've got the idea, yeah. Certainly, uh, that, that's another very important issue is... is where are we going to put the camera? Uh, you know, you may choose a different angle than I, and so that in itself is is another very very subjective uh, issue. Right. Mm-hmm. So, your your journey, both of your journeys, uh, describe like a like a hero's journey, which I, I don't know if you're familiar with, but the um, idea of of you know, going out into the wild, so to speak, and and bringing back, um, uh, you know, magic that you're uh, back to your regular life uh, from your journey into the unknown. That um, that journey. What what do you th- each of you think has been your uh, what you would describe as your main um, journey, or a couple of journeys that have uh, contributed to your ability to um, to paint. Mm-hmm. Allora, io, no, io voglio dire questo. She, she's going to talk about the, 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 the hero idea. You, uh, in one of the questions, you were talking about the hero, bringing back something as a hero. Uh, I'll let her e talk. Io mi ritengo una donna che dipinge, non she, sono un eroe. She, she's, a, she's a woman who paints. She doesn't really consider herself uh, a hero. E, e penso che la prima, il primo, la prima chiamata, come lui dice, è stato il gioco, the, perché the, il disegno si è mostrato all'inizio come un'opportunità per continuare a giocare all'interno di un mondo che percepivo troppo serio. Ok, rather than this, um, this journey that you're talking about, this adventure that you're talking about, she sees it more as a game, as play. Uh, she, she started as very, very young to see that drawing was a way of playing and uh, this was in opposition to what she saw as a serious world that was growing around her e poi c'era l'urgenza di esprimermi e poi la possibilità di esprimermi senza le parole che per me era un, una difficoltà uh-huh. and then there's the idea of the, the language uh, painting as a language this is a way of expressing herself and the urgence of expressing herself in this way. Um, for me, uh, I, I understand very, very well what you're talking about. In fact, uh, in a blog, I wrote one, one article about, is it fishing or is it painting? Because <laughs> I get up early in the morning, five sometimes, drive to a place, uh, that I've already checked out, that I already have a good idea that it's going to happen there, drive my car, uh, set up, uh, uh, then I go fishing and I see what I can do. And in the process, I'm not really aware so, so much. But when I get back and I put the painting on the wall and I look at it, that's this idea that you have. And uh, I really, I, I, I like this idea, uh, not so much as a hero, but, you know, as, as, as catching a fish. You know, I, I, I've got it. I, I caught something today uh, and my eyes are eating it. And uh, so, you know, there's this satisfaction also of uh, uh, feeding something inside of you, your spiritual side. And that's, 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 that's a very um, similar uh, metaphor, fishing and uh, hunting or something like an adventure. 
so the the spiritual aspect so the so it it drives um that creative expression uh being able to pull out those uh elements from what you experience that and then express it upon the canvas that experience drives you spiritually as well yeah that's that's exactly what it is because you can see something it's 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 as if, as if the the place has left a trace inside of me the the light that i saw in fact it it's kind of amazing because when you've spent 2 hours uh two and a half hours 3 hours outside painting you stop painting i have to stop painting some painters can can continue but i find that the light changes so much that it's just a completely different painting but Everything that you look at changes then. You know, when I'm driving back home after a painting session, like everything that I look at, I say, well, I could sit here and paint because it's beautiful. I could sit there and paint. It's beautiful because everything becomes beautiful. It's like your eye has been fed with something that can motivate it to look beyond just, you know, like looking at a tree or looking at a, a facade of a house. Wow. Wow, that's uh, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, and so it's you, a great feeling. Yeah, yeah, and it it, it must. It, do you find yourself needing to express beyond um, what you're able to paint that same um, feeling or that same um, experience? It's frustrating. It's very very frustrating because uh, when you talk about beyond paint, you're Putting your finger on, I think, the, the, the crux of the problem is that, you know, I see things, I experience things. In reality, I, this kind of light and this intensity and this uh, very, very, uh, like this burning uh, reality that is in front of my eyes. But there's absolutely no way of capturing that. I know that there's no way of capturing it because it changes constantly while you're while you're actually looking at it the shadows they they become longer the light becomes a little bit less intense as the day goes on and if you're painting in the evening that light actually disappears and so there's this impossible uh nature of capturing what you actually see in reality and and uh, i don't know i said frustrating but rethinking I, I think it's better to say you know that that's one of the things that motivates you because you you know that you might come a little bit closer you both have this way of describing your experiences and the tension and everything that you've described is just it's poetry <laughs> it <laughs> really is i i can't I, I mean i come away from it um really just inspired myself but but also the the way you express it. Good. Pick up a pen, pick up a set of paints, and and go out yeah. and try to do something. <laughs> well, yeah, and and I don't. Well, I, I I try to express myself upon the page, and I and I try to express within uh, uh, photography, but yeah, I I don't have the same painting uh, drive or, or or ability, but but I can connect with how what you describe um, within your experience and how you're motivated and how light changes and how everything changes and being able to get that out into the world because you feel a sense of connection, uh, spiritual and otherwise, uh, it, it's a moment. And, and I appreciate your sharing that. Yeah, that, yeah. That all her condition of, of being a mother of three children and painting is a bit he um, heroic. E, e questo mi ha portato a rallentare spesso con la pittura. One of the things that caused her to, to slow down a little bit in her production. Ma ho sempre pensato che questo ha arricchito molto la mia sensibilità. But on the other hand, it, it enriched her sensibility. E trovo che essere un artista donna è speciale pure per questo. Being a woman and a painter is something very, very special. Adding a mother to that becomes really, really special. E quando, per esempio, ho avuto il secondo figlio, non avevo molto tempo per dipingere. She didn't have a lot of time when the second child was born. E allora mi è venuto naturale di fare dei piccoli lavori astratti. She started doing abstract works uh, on paper, small abstract works. Piccolissimi. Very small. 
lo devo, eh, questo, lo devo a questo periodo il fatto che poi la mia ricerca si sia orientata verso la semplificazione. So, one of the things that could be thought of here was a simplification. Uh, one of the scars could be like a simplification. Uh, getting uh, bit by a dog like keeps you uh, a little bit afraid of petting the dog. So maybe this, uh, this was like a scar for her in that uh, she, she started simplifying things. Eh, proprio per togliere tutto quello che era superfluo. Taking away what was superfluous. E poi volevo dire che, eh, che dipingere mi ha insegnato anche altre cose. Painting has taught her a lot of other things. E per esempio mi ha insegnato la relatività delle storie, delle idee, delle persone. Relativity of the people that she's met, met of the stories that she's heard, of the things that she's seen. E l'essere in funzione di tutte queste cose ha un ordine determinato the, dalla the, luce, cioè the, che sono tutte in relazione fra di loro. Everything has a relationship that's based on light. E quando dipingo, per esempio, still life, non c'è niente che valga in sé, nessun oggetto. When she paints a still life, there's not one object that necessarily is more important than another. But tutto acquista un senso all'interno della composizione. Everything is, is according to the composition. Everything is according to the harmony that it creates within come, each of the members come un puzzle like a puzzle e la bellezza è veramente soltanto una condizione permessa dalla luce this is a condition that only is given through the light e poi volevo citare Matisse she wants to give a, um, a quote from Matisse Henri Matisse yes un, un tono da solo è soltanto un colore one tone is only one color due toni sono un accordo. Two tones of color can be an accord, uh, a harmony. Sono la vita. They are the life. Come la cellula che si divide. Like in a due. cell that divides in two. Un colore ha valore soltanto per l'accordo col colore vicino. A color has only its value from the color that's next to it. Finito. That's it. That concludes our podcast here with Creative Habits. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned next week when you hear from the chief copywriter at Copyblogger Media.